Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Do you enjoy playing relaxing puzzle games on your phone? I do. It's even better when they're free and you can collect prizes along the way. Welcome to Two Dots. I have been playing Two Dots to relax my mind, unwind, and there's something very methodical about it. The premise of the game is you connect dots horizontally, vertically, but never diagonally. And you head from level to level. And as I mentioned, you do collect points along the way if you are into that. More than 5,000 puzzles to keep you engaged and relaxed after a very long day, uniquely designed challenges challenges, game modes, and levels to choose from based on what adventure you are into. And by the way, you can download it for free right now on your Android phone or iOS. I also like the color template of this game. It's very, it's giving me very like pastel-y vibes. So yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it too. If you are ready to kick back and unwind, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS and start connecting. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Dana Witten. She's a family law attorney. Most people wait till after the holidays to file for divorce. Don't wait. Dana wants to get you prepped and ready. Go to dwittenlaw.com. All right, Natasha, I'm so excited about this one. I've been looking forward to this one because I I adore Robin Mize. Robin has been, I mean, Robin saved my life. Oh, I'll cry already. Anyway, um, I love Robin so much. I'm so excited that she's joining today. Oh, oh my God, I'm a mess, Robin. That's a, this I is think- a new record. You didn't even get the intro out and you're already crying. So, <laughs> oh. heart for me. That's so beautiful. Oh. Okay, everyone needs a Robin Mize in their life. 
Um, so Robin has been my longtime therapist, mindful eating therapist, ties into this podcast series, Natasha, that you and I are doing because Robin is the first person that made me realize something was wrong at Hot 99.5, that the work environment was toxic. I never put two and two together. I feel like you're already partially my therapist and every, all the <laughs> listeners therapist because Sarah has told us so much good advice that you gave her as she was wow. working through that, that, I mean, I've been even able to apply to my life. So wow. thank you. I'm always surprised when people tell me things that I've said to them and I hear it back and I'm like, oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good advice. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I said that. Right. So Robin, so, we, we wanted to have you on today to kind of go there and talk about, you know, um, sometimes major things like toxic work environments, ending a marriage are the catalyst for like, for me, doing the work for mindful eating, doing the work, grieving around my father. And so I wanted you to be just totally honest about me coming in and, um, you know, you, you knew the whole story of Cain, like long before he passed. So, you know, we really want today's episode to be about, you know, probably around toxic work environments, but things in your life that get you to therapy and kind of what you discover. And then how can you thrive when things are toxic around you? Whether like Natasha was divorced from Cain, but still had to deal with him. You know, even yeah. though it took me about a year to leave after I came to see you, how can we thrive in those environments? So Robin, I don't know where you want to start, but <laughs> we love you. I was, when, I, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, did you know, how do we know we're in a toxic environment? And I think a lot of times narcissists, and I think he probably was a narcissist. Yeah. They choose people who are caregivers, who are selfless, because they need all of the attention on them. And so often, you know, we find ourselves, you know, the empathy just goes in one direction and that'll last go for a long time before we realize, wait a minute, you know, something's wrong here. You know, it's like, he's unhappy. Oh, it's my fault. I'm not pleasing him. I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm just, I was trying to remember exactly what was it for you and when you realized, when you kind of, when it turned in your mind that this isn't right. Well, what brought me to you, I mean, 10 plus years ago was, you know, I was on the radio and I was working for Fox 5 and people were commenting about my weight all the time. You know, like people would make comments on Twitter. Twitter was just starting and they'd be like, oh, I saw you in person and you'd be so pretty if you lost 20 pounds. And um, wow, I didn't think that you would look the way that you did when I met you. I thought you'd be tall and blonde and thin. And so like, and at the time I internalized all these, like they meant a lot, like, oh my God, how can I continue in the entertainment business when, you know, my whole life I'd battled with weight. I'd gone to my first Weight Watchers meeting when I was 12. So in like a complete divine intervention, I Googled giving up dieting Washington, D.C., and you were doing a weekend seminar at Circle Yoga about mindful eating. And it was all about, you know, do you think you could trust yourself around food? Are you tired of the diet cycle? Do you hate, you know, the way you look and you want to love yourself? And everything resonated. And I remember I didn't wait for the weekend. I called you and said, are you taking on new clients? Uh-huh. Right. And that's how I got into you. I, I don't remember. I mean, it was at some point we started talking about, because as I've learned through you, food is just the catalyst for other things that are going on in your life. You know, for me, it was like right. 
unresolved grief around my dad's death. And it was, you know, this work environment where exactly it was like, I always thought it was me. Like if I only did more show prep, if I only, you know, worked more, um, Kane wouldn't yell at us. You know, like it was always yeah. like that, you know? That's crucial. That's crucial. It's that this feeling that it's my fault. Yeah. And that's what he says too. It's your fault. Yeah. And there's this feeling like I can never be good enough, never do enough. Um, but it's like the, it's sort of, um, there's a real conflict in you. I think there was, and I and I think for most people in toxic workplaces, this was your dream job. Yeah. And Kane was this figure, you know, which a lot of times narcissists become at the top of the heap because they're ruthless. You know, they get there, they you know they're going to get there, and they do get there. And you looked up to him. It was your dream job. It paid a great salary, and you were miserable. Yes. So you know that internal. Um, conflict between but it's great isn't it you know and you're like no i am in, i'm totally unhappy so therefore the compensate compensatory behaviors like eating drinking trying to resolve this dissonance inside you yes you know and not wanting to admit oh i'm finally going to be good enough that he loves me I'm that he likes me that he stops criticizing me that I get to have my idea, that I'm able to have, say something, you know, I'll finally be good enough. Yes. Meanwhile, I'm going to binge because I don't feel good enough. And you were drinking a lot to the whole show was kind of built around drinking. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I never even put that together. I, I actually, I do remember, I mean, that was one of the things I came to you and I was so exhausted about because one of the things they put a lot of pressure on us to do was club nights every weekend or, you know, you could fill yeah. in for somebody at a nightclub. And of course, you know, the idea was you go and you drink with listeners and you have a good time. And I just could never, it was like, I couldn't, I, I didn't know until I met you, like I could even have two vodkas and stop. It was always like, Drunk, hung over, hung over like eating. Um, and I, I don't know, for some reason, I just felt like I could never say no to them. Like I could never say no to management or sales or Kane. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not participating in club nights anymore. What would happen if you said no? I felt like I'd be retaliated against. I felt like they would punish me in some way. You know, like that was the whole structure, right? Like Sammy was the person that would speak up the most, right? And then Sammy got keys thrown at him and trash cans and belittled. And I mean, we sort of all witnessed that. And then that was like, I've, I've said this on the podcast that we did, Natasha and I have done. Like that was one of my greatest regrets is never standing up for Sammy because he was truly the one picked on like the most. There's always a scapegoat. Right. In those kind of toxic situations, right? So, and, and it's scary to speak up because you can see the re the consequence of speaking up, you know. Um, but also, I think being loved, like you want to, some in some ways, you you have this inner project of I'm going to finally be good enough to be to you know to get it right, and that's kind of the setup. I don't know, Natasha. For you, was it like was it like that in? <laughs> I mean, you're making me tear up, honestly, right now with like what you were saying about like just one, <laughs> I'm dying here, um, like just wanting to be loved because that was, I mean, certainly why we were married. But even after we were divorced, I just, I just wanted him to finally be happy enough that then 
he would love me. I just, and, and he knew this about me, which I think is part of the reason he picked me was I just wanted a family unit. I just wanted him to be the husband and the father and for us to have this family time together. But there was always some extenuating circumstance that kept him from that either, you know, I was, you know, not taking care of the kids well enough, or it was something with work. There was just, I, there was just always something that it was like dangled just right here. Yeah. And I honestly didn't even realize it until you just said that, that, you know, I just thought, I just thought I was being a bitch. Like, why can't I be more understanding that this man is getting up at 3 a.m. and working so hard and he's making so much money for our family? Why can't I just be happy with that? But really, it's I just wanted him to love us. Um, but right. I really thought the whole time it was I was being selfish. It's, 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 I think with narcissists, and I'm not an expert on narcissists, and I'm not even a psychiatrist, so I can't diagnose this. Just in general, you can sort of know that somebody that blames you for everything, and you always feel like if only I were fill in the blank it'd be okay if I weren't so selfish, if I weren't so unhappy, if I didn't demand so much, but your demands were so normal. Mm. I just, I just want a loving family, you know? And, and I think another thing that happens is that they don't want to be criticized. They can't be criticized. So criticism, any kind of request feels like criticism. Like, can you come home earlier? Or can we have some date nights or it becomes, you know, you're so demanding, what's wrong with you, right? So what can you do then if your spouse or your boss, you know, if you're in a situation that you can't necessarily leave, what can you do to interact with, with a narcissistic type of person? I mean, that's really hard because there is, I would never recommend you stay in those relationships, you know? <laughs> and I mean, even mm -hmm. with Sarah, you know, Sarah, you were, um, reluctant to leave. Yeah, it took me a year of us working together. You know, it was really scary. And, you know, there was always the motto there of you're either with us or you're against us. And so I knew leaving, I would lose friends like Natasha, every single person. I mean, if, you know, there were a few people at Hot 99.5 that went against the grain and like reached out. But for the most part, I mean, the day I walked out the door, like, all those people that I had been friends with for six years, like no one spoke to me ever again. Right. And didn't he threaten you? You'll never work again or something? Oh. Yeah. Well, and remember, you know, the whole catalyst too is when I did go to complain about his behavior. Remember he had this secret recording of Sammy and me yeah. and our boss said, well, you can't have it both ways. You can't be on this tape saying what you were saying about Peter and wanting him to change. And of course, they never did produce the tape because they said, oh, no, no, he deleted it. He deleted it. He didn't. And to me, that was like another sign of like, I have to get out of here because if this person is holding on to tapes or may have or would even lie and say this, you know, when everybody there knew he had problems and, right. you know, it was like, oh my God, this was, but yeah, remember it was, yes. I mean, and he was always, I mean, they were always saying, if you don't do what we want, we can always find another Sarah, your replacement. We can always find another Sarah. Right. And that's, that's gaslighting. We have a tape, you know, you're not, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't, you're not, we don't believe you. You know, he's not that bad because you said this you know, you knew they knew he was that bad. And, and yet they, you had to start to question yourself. 
Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, after we left and Natasha, we, we've talked about this on the episodes Natasha and I have done. You know, it was always Natasha was crazy. Sarah was crazy. Sammy was crazy. Yeah. And then, of course, as everybody else left, then everyone began, like the public and everyone began to see, well, clearly seven people don't leave. And, you know, Kane's not the one of the centerpieces of the problem. You know, I mean, then people really got it. But it took a while. It's right. amazing when you're in the situation, though, how much you can normalize what's happening to you, like that he's recording you. He used to record our arguments without my knowledge. And oh my then God. he would and I would lose my mind and be so upset when I would see that he was, you know, because he always had a laptop or a phone, you know, in his hand. And I would catch him that he was recording and he would tell me. I'm doing this so I can play it back for you later so you can hear how crazy you sound. And I actually thought in that moment, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. I guess I need to be taught. So I'm acting that badly. You know, and he would do it to our kids even after we were divorced. They would tell me he would secretly record them um, so he could teach them some sort of lesson later about how they were lying to him or hiding things. And but it's it's just crazy to me that to, I hear those words coming out of my mouth now, and I'm like, that is batshit crazy. But at the time, I thought, okay, I guess that makes sense. It's just, it blows my mind. I think your word is right, normalize. Hmm. We normalize things so we can survive. You know, hmm. we normalize a lot of things when we're trapped in a situation. And leaving a marriage is really hard. Leaving a job is really hard. Um, you know, so also I, that's an interesting thing i've heard of it before where people it's the thing about narcissists is they have to be right they're never wrong so recording you is a way for him to prove you know that he's right and you're wrong it's there's no like it's i've read recently this this um statement that narcissism is the inability to regulate self-esteem and hmm. so if you think about it um this is a, this comes from a, a therapist whose name is Terry Real, and he wrote a book, recent book called Us. He's he works with men. He works with grandiosity. He's like the kind of therapist that people go for the weekend to be, you know, in the the he calls it couples on the brink, and he's one of the first people to write about men's depression. But he works with, and Bruce Springsteen did a an intro to his book because he worked with Bruce Springsteen. So he works with like these men with a lot of power and ego. And he has a, a graph where on one side it's, is um, in terms of the ego, grandiosity, and self-esteem. One end is grandiosity. I mean, one grandiosity and shame. On one end is grandiosity and the other is shame. And the healthy place is right in the middle where you feel like I'm just like everybody else. I make mistakes. I'm good at some things, bad at others. You know, you have a healthy ego and a healthy sense of self-esteem. But the narcissist toggles between grandiosity and shame and avoiding shame at all costs they stay at grandiosity i've got to be above you and if i'm not above you i'm below you you know so there's no equality um our gray area our sense of like oh let's just agree to disagree or we can let it go it has to be i'm right right i mean is that true for you Natasha, yeah. Oh, I mean, very much so. There, there absolutely was no, no middle ground. Um, I mean, the only way arguments would end in our house was I would give up. You know, I would just, I would get extremely upset, extremely frustrated, 
And then, you know, he would tell me how crazy I'm acting, but really I can see now I was just losing my mind because I could never get him to empathize with me, to see my side. I was just like, just try to see why this would make me feel this way when you do this. And it was like banging your head against a wall. It was like, he was incapable of empathy. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess it also meant because if he was to empathize with me, then that would be accepting some blame. Yes, exactly. Right. Hmm. Robin, I wanted you to go back. So can you ever work with a narcissist? I mean, or stay married to one? It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like the only, right? Because do narcissists Um, ever realize that they're narcissists or it's very hard for them to do that? Yeah, I, no, I don't think, I, I don't think you can say never and always. You know, I think it's a spectrum probably. I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm not really an expert on it. I know about it in therapy, how to help people recognize when this is happening. Some people would say they don't like labels and people can change. And other people would say a narcissist will never change. But I think, you know, sometimes it's born out of trauma. You treat the trauma, the person can start to understand that. And and for some people, and I think in Terry Reel's work, he talks about the partner has to be willing to use the leverage of I'm leaving if you don't get help. If you don't get see a therapist, if you don't um, change, I'm leaving. And, you know, the that kind of sometimes works. I don't know. I think it's I, I think it's tricky and very hard. And really, I think you have to be willing to leave. Yeah, you know, willing to use that leverage. I mean, that's in a in a relationship, uh, personal relationship at work. Usually they're in the position of power. So, you know, if you don't leave, you have to manage it. And usually it's a pretty toxic workplace because they've set it up that way, just like at the radio station. I mean, they were on his side. They they ran things in that black and white. You're with us or you're against us. That right there is, you know, a toxic way to run a workplace. Mm. Yeah. I'm feeling they ran it that way because that's the way he wanted it. Right. You know? And he was the star. So yeah, they yeah. had to do what he wanted. Right. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, we've learned it's so, so much. interesting. I mean, cause I, I'm just like having so many aha moments, just listening to you. Um, you know, I've thought so much about the last year of his life. Um, you know, I went through his house and found all of the alcohol bottles and the pills that he was abusing. And after talking with people like, you know, his nanny talked to me after he had passed and stuff and said like how sick he was and how he was yellow and jaundice and he, he was miserable. I mean, he, he just drank himself to death. And I've thought about so much. Why couldn't he just ask for help or get help? You know, I went through recovery and so I'm, I'm not going to hold it against him, but I'm wondering now if, you know, if it, when it's a narcissist that is in that situation to ask for help is admitting a weakness. And, yeah. and how can you admit a weakness? And he would rather go through this slow, painful death that cirrhosis and dying of alcoholism is a miserable way to right. die. And he would rather go through that year of sickness and everything by himself than ask for help and admit a problem, a weakness. Right. 
I wonder about that. Like that's some next level narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> I know the self-destruction of that, you know, but then you're kind of not just talking about a personality disorder. You're also talking about addiction mm-hmm. and, and then you're layering on a whole nother thing, which is the addiction and how that's driving his behavior. And if he wasn't just addicted to alcohol drugs too, um, that is pretty toxic mix right there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I treat them separately, like first mm-hmm. get sober and then try to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And he had severe mental illness, severe obsessive compulsive disorder that wasn't being treated and ran his life. So oh, wow. It was just, yeah. I mean, that it was, was a lot for him to get through. Does he have trauma? I'm going to move this light because I feel like. All right, let's take a quick pause. You guys know that Monday's episode is sponsored by Dana Witten. She's a licensed attorney in both Maryland and Virginia. Um, You know, Dana has made it really clear. Most people wait until after the holidays to file, but there's four things you need to go to get you need to know now and get started to prepare for your divorce. We asked Dana to jump on today's podcast episode to tell us what those four things are to get you prepared for divorce. Here's Dana. All right. I think you guys are all starting to know her. I'm already obsessed. Uh, Dana Witten. Dana Witten is a family attorney. She is a super lawyer named by Bethesda Magazine as one of the top attorneys in the D.C. region. If you are getting divorced, you've got to call her. Call Dana and hire her before your spouse does. Okay? She's that good. DWittenLaw.com is her website. You can check her out. But today, Dana, you're here because I love these topics. People are thinking about, especially this holiday season, they're getting divorced, but there are four big things you need to do to prepare for divorce. What is number one? Number one is to absolutely hire an attorney. Uh, You want to uh, be as organized as possible, and you want someone who can support you and guide you through the process and to let you know what to expect. Uh, So you should hire an attorney. A hundred percent. Tell me, you had a list of a couple things to ask or to look for when you're hiring so you know you're getting a good attorney. Now, number one, they need to call you. But if for some reason they're not in our region and they can't, what are those questions they should be asking? You should be looking for an attorney who's a good listener, an attorney who can provide you a customized approach to your case. Uh, You want to also consider whether the attorney is an an accomplished litigator or whether they're a mediator. And usually you want somebody who's both. Um, You also want to make sure um, that your attorney is a dedicated family law attorney, as opposed to somebody who dabbles in family law and criminal law and contract law. Uh, It's important that your attorney know the ins and outs of family law. Oh my God, those are so good. Those are so good. I think those are things people don't really think of when they're going into a meeting. You know, they feel like, will this lawyer just take me on? I need to hurry. But you got to really do your homework. That's so good. Tell me about number two, organizing your finances is big. That's really important. And that's a crucial step that will help your attorney um, also be organized for your case. So you want to pull six months, I would say, of your bank statements and credit card statements, six months or at least a quarterly statement of your retirement plan information, your 401ks, IRAs, uh, and at least the past uh, six months of pay stubs as well. Um, And so that's how everyone can be organized and be on the same page. Oh my God, I love it. Number three on your list, make a list of property. Tell me about this because I I never would have thought of this one. Personal property, right? And what do you mean by like what, what things? Like are we talking our cars? Like can both of our names be on it? Tell me about this. 
you should go through your house and make a list of things that are important and valuable personal property. And that includes everything from real estate to furniture um, to uh, little trinkets that, that you uh, value. Just in case uh, things happen to go missing, um, you want to be able to have that list um, available. And taking photographs, too, is also a good way if you don't feel like uh, the com- making a cumbersome list. No, that's I, helpful as well. I have no plans to get divorced from Schman, but should I should I take a picture of KJ as well? Like, are your kids your personal property? Oh, by the way, Dana, these are my three children. I would hope you already have photos of KJ. (laughs) (laughs) I do. We're covered. We're covered. Um, Number four on the list. By the way, these are so good. Dana put together a list of four things to prepare you for divorce. This is the season. After the holidays is when most people call Dana to file for divorce because we've all had it. Um, What's number four, by the way? This is a good one, too. Changing your power of attorney and your beneficiary. I'm assuming like in your will and everything, right? Yes. So a lot of people have life insurance policies and they name their spouse as their beneficiary. They have 401k accounts, bank accounts, everything. So you want to make sure that you change the beneficiary designation from your spouse to somebody else, like your children or your parents or a trusted friend. Um, And also, uh, if you have filled out any estate planning documents, you want to change the power of attorney so that your uh, upcoming ex-spouse, if that's the route you're going to be going, is not in charge of you um, with personal decisions, personal property decisions or medical decisions as well. Oh my God. Dana, these are so like, these are so helpful. I feel like in a nutshell, you just consolidated everything we need to know to get started. I think so. That's, that's <laughs> I what hope you're so. Here for. Um, guys, you are already, we are hearing from many of you. Many of you are calling Dana. She is taking on new clients though. And right now she is offering a 60 minute consultation for just $150. Normally it's 300. This is a great opportunity for you to have Dana's one-on-one attention for an hour to get everything in order so you can start living the life you want in 2023. I mean, that's what I love about you, Dana, is like you've said, you know, you help so many people get that freedom that they want and begin to love their life again. It's time. It's time. Don't wait for 2023. That's right. It's time. Call her now. You can go to her website, dwittenlaw.com. All right, Dana, you have a fabulous holiday season. And we're going to see you too. We're going to see and hear more of you on the podcast in 2023. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored. Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Frasier 20. That's F-R-A-S-E-R. The number's two zero. How ironic. 
I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of are youth travel sports ruining families? Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. Ten years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby. Every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) 
You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. You know, I have tried to figure out what went wrong when he was either growing up or, and I, and I just, he didn't go through any severe trauma. I mean, his, his parents divorced and they had some family issues, but nothing, nothing severe, no abuse, nothing like that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I'm not sure I will ever figure out why he was the way he was. Cause he was always like that even before the fame and the money that just exasperated it, you know, but it was, he was always like that since I met him when he was, you know, 22. So he was arrogant and. Oh yeah. Arrogant, controlling. Um, the OCD didn't appear until a little later on, but he was always, yeah, very manipulative, very controlling, extremely arrogant. Mm. Robin, I'm curious, Natasha and I have talked about, I don't know if it's a regret, but wondering if, like, one of the things I do think about is I never really laid out for Hot 99 for management or, like, Kane, like, exa- like all of his behavior, like, really laid it out. I kind of was, like, I, I was working on myself, I was getting to the bottom of my mindful eating, and... I came to the conclusion like I needed to leave, right? And, I, and I've and i always wanted to be a talk show host on my own and do these other things. So it was like, okay, I'm going to leave, right? But Natasha and I have talked about this. Like, should you ever confront, I don't know if confront's the right word, but we I think we've both had regrets like maybe we should have tried to help Kane. But is that, again, going back to that like, oh, if I just could be better to him, is that like still like kind of a caretaker's mentality? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it. it uh, I think you did probably both try in the way that you were saying, this isn't working. Look what you're doing. You're, I'm going to have to leave now because the way you're acting. There's not a lot of um, self-reflection and accepting blame or feeling our growth, you know. Um, the other thing that happens is that narcissists often um, – they need to be special and they need the people around them to be special. So they love bomb you in the beginning. You're so great. You're amazing. You know, you're exceptional and, and unbelievable. And so you feel really good in the beginning. Like it feels like, and they're usually very charming and charismatic. And then when you're not perfect or you challenge them in some way, you're not, you go from here to, to in the dirt, right? There's no middle ground, right? Are you nodding your head, Natasha? You feel yeah. I mean, very much so. A hundred percent. I was thinking back to you know how he was like that with me, um, and when he was doing the morning show here, and he used to, you know, talk about me on the air, and uh, you know, just fawn over me and introduce me to people as being you know the amazing one in the marriage and the relationship, and you know the woman behind the scenes and all those things that I wanted to hear. And I remember when he hired Sarah, and it was 
he would fawn over her and and how great she was and how funny she was and how she made the show. And my gosh, it's like it was, I don't know if it was an intentional setup. I don't think he even realized he was doing it, but gosh. Yeah, and then and then a switch flips and then you're you're on the bad side. And that is a bad, bad place to be. Right. And then he and then it all that love turns into hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Robin. I mean, it does feel good though. It's almost like a Prince Charming thing. Like suddenly somebody sees me, you know, like oh, yeah. Cinderella and the Prince, like, you know, the shoe fits and I'm, and it feels really good. That's the danger. That's why narcissists break up so many marriages. You know, they like dive in and love bomb somebody. And this person feels like, wow, this is so much better than my husband. And then, and then, then as soon as they break up the marriage, they're done. That happens. That happens a lot, actually. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. All right. Be on guard listening to this podcast. <laughs> but wait, but Robin, how should, how should people treat you? Because, you know, one of the things that was very hard, because Hot 99.5 was the first, I'd had a radio job for about, a, I'd had two different radio jobs for about a year. Coworkers were great. For the most part, it was easy, right? Maybe you, maybe somebody had an issue. They talked to you about it. Everybody moves on, right? But then working in that environment for six years and leaving, it was really hard. Like I I remember, I don't know if you remember this and and Natasha does, but then I went on to work at DC's 107.3 at a morning show. It was really hard because it's like you're almost waiting for people to treat you that way. And I guess... What, what can pe- what can you do after you've had an experience with a narcissist? My God, a narcissist has blown up your marriage. You've gotten right. then, like, how do you trust again? Or you've worked with a narcissistic boss who's made your life hell for six years. How do you work and thrive again? Oh my gosh! I mean, I think that's PTSD, right? Mm. It's just it's trauma. I mean, you have to talk to a therapist and become clear about you know. Uh, how do I, what's real and what's not? I think, doesn't it help? I mean, it helps a lot to just have somebody say, even if you just read about it, you see, this is what a narcissist is. And you see, check, 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 check. Oh my gosh, that's what was happening, right? But after years of it, it's hard to be yourself again, isn't it? It's hard to take risks. It's hard to not flinch. You're like, you know, someone's going to do that to me again. I'm sure that's really hard. And I mean, you just, you just, you have to get through it. I mean, I would question, for me, the question is, why was I in that relationship? You know, what do I need to work on for me that I, I'm not such a people pleaser that I put my needs so far back that I'm willing to be abused, you know, in this emotional abuse way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to, it's almost hard to see that it's happening. I'm still wrestling with that. I think, and you've known this about me, I am a people pleaser. And, you know, remember one of the things I would say to you, and Natasha, you probably don't even remember saying this to me, but when we were in Tampa one time, and this this was not a negative on you, it was because I, I, I'm trying to think of where in my childhood this came from, but we were all partying one time on the party bus and I was drinking and I always felt like at events I had to be drinking and having the most fun for everybody. And you said to me, Natasha, you never disappoint. And I, and I took that as like, I can't disappoint. And it wasn't, it wasn't oh. you. I don't want you to don't, it's not you. It was me because <laughs> I think from being, I just think 
I'm trying to think of really from my childhood. I think being like a really overweight kid and not like getting picked on for so long. And then when I started to fit in, I think it felt so good. It was like, I'm going to do whatever I have to do, like go along to get along. You know what I mean? Yes. And even now I'm, I'm really trying to speak up like my own opinions on my own podcast, which is crazy. (laughs) because it's my own show. But truly like seeing, you know, there's things in in whatever, pop culture or politics that I disagree with. And like lots of times I'm afraid to say anything because I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to get canceled or I don't want to get backlash. But I'm, that's my goal of 2023 is to say it in a way that's not like you have to agree with me, but basically going against the grain if that's what I believe and saying, look, I don't know, I could be wrong in a year, but right now I feel like X, you know, like, and that's right. hard for me to do because I feel like, oh, I'm going to lose listeners or people that thought they knew one way of me, you know. I, and I, I just think, I don't know where the hell that comes from. I don't know. I'm rambling, but I'm dealing with part of it. Part of it is from Kane. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be in trouble if I say the wrong thing. And there's no forgiveness. Right. You know, it's like that, that, that idea that I have to be perfect and I can't make a mistake and I can't change my mind, and I can't, you know, um, say no. You know, this is like um, all of these things that people pleasers are sort of have trouble with become exacerbated when you're in a relationship with a narcissist because all of those things, you just, you're tap dancing as fast as you can, you know. You're not thinking about what do I feel, what do I want, Um And that's sort of, we're kind of crossing over into codependency, you know, people pleasing, all of that stuff that, um, you know, the book by Glennon Doyle called Untamed. Do you guys know that book? Yes. I haven't read it, but I, I, okay. It's on my list. You have to read that book. Okay. So good. But she says that, you know, we don't know how to have fun if we've spent our life worrying about not what we like, but whether we're liked not what we want, but what people, other people want, you know, not what we need, but what that person needs. It's just like, we don't have, we're not in touch with what we need and want. And even having an opinion, Sarah, like, what's my opinion about this? It's great. It's a great um, goal in 23. It's just like, I'm just going to say what I think I might be wrong. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Because yes, I mean, it, it's really hard. And it, and I do think it stems from, um, and it was really crazy on the Kane show because lots of times we'd, it was always about, remember, I was the one that was the voice of reason and had to be nice. So yeah. it was, it's hard now, like to not be, I mean, so I'm, I feel like I'm getting there more and more, but still even on my own show, it's like hard not to be nice. And I mean, I am genuinely nice. I love, but also like, I do feel like I have opinions and I don't give a fuck, but I really want to say those, you know. They're not, that's not the opposite of nice, right? That's true. That's true. Right. It's, it's hard when you spend years with the, uh, these uh, behaviors being ingrained in you, you know, I mean, my goodness, he's been dead for a year and a half. We've been divorced for, I don't know, like 10 years, eight years. And it's still, it still controls a lot of the way that I, that the things that happen in that relationship still controls my behavior now. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I try to catch, I, I just catch glimpses of it sometimes. It's like, as time goes by, it goes away. But when you spend that much time living out of fear and behaving out of fear, like I was thinking about this when when you were talking, um, 
I remember it, it was so stupid. I, not to get all into it, but, you know, I ended up having to settle and sign this ridiculous um, divorce agreement because I ran out of money and the whole thing just needed to be done. And he had so many stupid stipulations in there. And one of them was um, on my days to drive the girls to school in, in one school year, I couldn't be late to school more than three minutes, three times. And if I was late more than three minutes, three times in one school year, I would permanently lose an overnight. And that was, it's ridiculous now. And that, and I just told myself, you know what, I just need to sign this. I'm never really late driving the girls to school anyway. So I'll just sign it because it, it won't matter. But it did something to me where then even now, when I see like, we're going to be a little late to school. I, just yesterday, I was two minutes late dropping my four-year-old off at pre-K and I panicked. Like that panic came in of, I'm going to get in trouble. I like almost like I'm going to somehow lose my kid because I'm late to school, something that every parent does and really doesn't matter. But it's still the the irrational fear. Just I feel like it's going to be with me the rest of my life. I don't I don't know. Yeah. That's so hard. Oh my gosh. You know, it's a kind of, um, yeah, PTSD from having lived under that hammer for so long. Yeah. But you can't. It's like an automatic reflex. Yeah, it is. Right. But I do think you can heal it. I do think you can do some, the, the trauma therapy. Um, have you tried trauma therapy? Honestly, I haven't. I haven't tried trauma therapy i haven't really i i know i have some ptsd but i haven't like addressed it i i've been too afraid to dig it up because i feel like i barely like i got out of that whole relationship and i mean even all the way up until he died is what i mean by getting out of it like by the skin of my teeth i survived that and now i've built up this you know, this well-running family and the kids are happy and everybody's doing well. And I am so afraid to rock the boat and bring any of that up ever again that I haven't, but that's probably pretty unhealthy. I probably should. Well, that might be why you're doing the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason I did the interview with Sarah, you know, she and I spoke about it and I said, I just, I guess I want, I didn't even think about it, that it would be healing for me, but I just wanted all of that pain to have some good come out of it. Just yeah. if it can help somebody else out, then maybe I can rationalize in my brain that it's okay that it happened. Mm. Like there's a reason that it happened. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you did not deserve that, Natasha. You didn't do anything to make it happen to you. And it should never have happened to you. I didn't realize this was going to be like personal therapy session. Sarah, you this should have prepared me. She's the best. She's the best. And I know. No, I mean, it's just that we always, you still blame yourself in a way. And I get it. You know, that's what we do. It's, it's our strength, but also like, you know, our vulnerable place, our Achilles heel, um, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's hard not to blame yourself, especially with with someone like him. You know, it's just he oh, was yeah. so I've never met anybody else that could manipulate the way that he could have every 
judge, attorney, anybody that he met had him convinced. I mean, yeah. Sarah knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like he, that's all of management. Look at, you know, this mega company, iHeart. They were tap dancing for him just to keep him happy. But yeah, ugh. Robin, this is going to be one of my questions, although we're kind of having a moment here. But no, go, please move on. Well, two things. One is, Robin, you've obviously seen many clients over the years in all kinds of different ways, right? And obviously your specialty is really working with couples, but was Kane like a really extreme example or is this happening to it? Like, I can't figure out, like, were we kind of like, we just met truly the wrong human that was like brought into our lives or do people like Kane exist a lot more than we think? They exist a lot more than you think. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. It's, it's true. They, I exist, get... they often exist in positions of power. You know, because they have this ability to manipulate people and they, they're ruthless. They don't give a shit about anyone else. So they get up there and then, well, we have a good example, you know, running the country. <laughs> not yeah. now, but before. I mean, you could see, <laughs> I hate to be, not to get political, but it was like, an, it was like, as you could see the, the narcissism so clearly. Yes. And still, like, there's no accept, ex, there's never an acceptance of blame ever. You know, it's never my fault. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest, you know. Um, I joke about that all the time. Don't feel bad saying it. My family, you know, is is all red Republicans. And even they joke that uh, yeah. Peter was like Donald Trump, that they were both at that wow. next level narcissist. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. And but we I mean, it. to what you were saying, Sarah, like I get it. I would like to think he is just this one off that, you know, we both happen to encounter and it was this trauma in our lives. But then that's the end of it. But I get messages all the time from women who they're either their exes or their current spouse is is a cane and yeah. They don't know what to do because, you know, just like you were saying, that person gets to this level of power because they're so determined and and that grandiosity that then when they become your enemy, that is a heck of a Goliath to go up against. Right. That's right. And we've, I mean, you, you're right. You bring it up. I, I should say that. Like, look at Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. I mean, we have seen over the years, like these guys now beginning to, you know, all the women that went through all that with those guys. I mean, they know exactly what we're going through. I mean, they had it even worse. So it's it really exists. And why is it, and maybe this guy's book talks about this, but why is it generally men that tend to be narcissists? Well, it's not only, but more often it is. And I don't know why, but there, maybe it's patriarchy. I mean, there are the ones that mm. are in power, but I do see a lot of people whose mothers were narcissists. And if you have, if you have a mother who's a narcissist, it's a horrible uh, thing to try to deal with, you know, because it doesn't change. And as adults, a lot of people just have to cut them off because that kind of gaslighting and blaming and, you know, needing to always be right and always need praise and, you know, the, all of that stuff doesn't go away. Um, How do you know when the situation you're dealing with is, is gaslighting or... It is your fault, or you are maybe a little crazy. Like I feel, you know, gaslighting is Merriam-Webster's word of 2022 and everything, and everybody's talking about it, and it gets thrown out pretty easily. But how do you know the difference of when you're being gaslit or 
if it's a problem that maybe you do need to look at about yourself? Well, it's, you know, it, I think the question is, does it always go that way? You know, if you're in a relationship mm -hmm. with someone where you're always wrong and you're always the one at fault and you're always the crazy one, um, well, that's clearly gaslighting. You know, it can't always be your fault. And also you have a, hopefully people around you that can help you see reality. You know, mm. you need the reality check of not just, wait a minute, that's not how I saw it. Let me check with this person. Does this sound right to you? You know, you need backup because that's the worst thing. That's why mothers who are narcissists are so hard because they have you isolated and they, um, yeah, can cause a lot of damage to somebody's inability to, un to trust themselves. You know, okay. don't you think it comes down to trusting yourself though? Like, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I think I, I forgot how to trust myself, you know, when you're yeah. in the middle of it, you, Absolutely. you lose that inner voice because the other person's voice is so loud. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, like, I mean, it's a form of brainwashing, really. It really is. It yeah. really is. That sounds crazy, but it's true. It's totally true. Um, this goes back to the other thing I was going to say to you, Robin, which Natasha maybe hits for you. But one of the things that Robin taught me, one of the sayings that I love of Robin's is what you resist persists. And it just came I up for me. I didn't it up, but it is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't invent it. But but Robin would say that to me, right? Because I imagine like for Natasha, right? She's, she's like, I have this like great home now. And okay, Kane is passed. So like we should move we should move on and we shouldn't go there. Right. And which reminds me of like when my dad died and my mom, right. It was like, we grieved for two weeks and then it's like, okay, we're not going there anymore. Right. Which right. sounds good at the time, but it's like you resist it and then it shows back up. So, you know, what can people do if you're feeling like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about my narcissistic mother anymore. I don't, you know, cause it almost seems like these themes are like Kane, right? you kind of keep talking about them. And of course, the more you talk about them, they lose their power, right? Yeah. But it's hard. Well, that's part of the, the way that you, you reality check with Natasha. Like, was it like this for you? Yes, it was like, like you're just getting reality, you know, uh, getting a sense of what, what, what really happened. But I, um, I think it's, you know, when you need, when you can move on or when you're kind of holding something you know, over here, it's, it reminds me of grief. You know, when, when you're grieving and you can't, you know, you have to move on with your life, but you're grieving, it's right here. So you compartmentalize it. Like, I'm not gonna look at it, I'm not gonna think about it, but it's right here in your peripheral vision all the time. There's a lot of effort to keeping that out of the way until you integrate it and process it, spend some time integrating it, you know, it's gonna feel, like a bomb that could explode you know i just had a client describe it as being locked down all the time mm. you know because it's there's a lot of you know there's just emotion that needs to come out you need to talk about it and um so i i don't think i don't think people spend too much time on it or you know it's like you need to talk about it you need to it's, it's so <sighs> It's not a small thing to have a, a narcissist in your life that's affecting you closely. And this thing about I can't stop talking about it, 
this is my casual diagnostic criteria for any personality disorder is I can't stop talking about this person because they're not making sense, you know? Mm. So you constantly, um, well, why would they do that? I don't get that. You know, you, you can't stop talking about them. And that's probably a sign something's going on. They're not, you know, healthy. They're not healthy. Yeah. Cause man, when you have healthy work relationships, at least for me, it was like, this is so foreign. This is like amazing. <laughs> this is like, I mean, I can't believe, I can't believe, right. I can't believe these people call you and go, hey, you know, would you mind not doing that next time? Or can we do this a little different? Um, okay, great. I just wanted to talk to you about that. All right. See you tomorrow. Like, and then they speak yeah. to you again and then they still work with you and they still, it's like, whoa, this is wild. Mm. <laughs> this feels How long cool. were you at the radio show? How long did you work for them? Six years. Six years. But I feel like it was, you know, it was, yeah, I was young. I started when I was 25 and I left when I was 31. So I feel like it was like that formidable. And, you know, it was just, I've talked to so many other people like that never had any sort of work situation. You know, they've worked at a place for 10 years or they've moved on and people wish them well and even had them a going away party. Like, I'm like, I don't know what that would be like. Um, you know, and, and right. I, I, I keep doing so much work on it, like with you. And then of course, you know, Dan and I have been in couples therapy for a long time. So sometimes it comes up and it's still great to like talk about it. And then of course, re, you know, connecting with Natasha. And for me, this series has been totally therapeutic. It's like the, oh my God, the best, just, you know, saying everything we wanted to say that really, honestly, we never would have said if he were still alive. Cause we know there would have been retaliation. So it's like, yeah. it feels so good. You know, I want to say something about what you said, Sarah, because I noticed you were saying, you know, other places where you work in, and then they have a party for you when you leave. And, and there was a little pause. And I think there's probably some sadness. Six years is a long time to be connected to those people and yeah. to put your heart out there and work as hard as you did. And then it's just cut off. You're just oh. like thrown out the door. It's, it's traumatic. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It was, it was very traumatic. And yeah, I mean, it's like you do, you, you, because that was the thing, like we worked so hard. I mean, and that was one of the things you said to me, because we got up at, I got up at three in the morning, you know, I had no life for six years because they didn't want you to have a life. And, you know, I worked from basically like three to three. And you were the one that said to me, it's not normal that you work 12 hours. You shouldn't be on call for them 20, you know, 18 hours out of the day, five days a week. That's not like, I didn't even realize that wasn't normal. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the brainwashing. Yeah. And I still, a lot of people from there still don't speak to me, which I mean, you know, I'm better with now, but it is hard because yeah, you give your, you gave so much. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't do anything wrong. It's like you, right. you're shunned from the community as if you're the problem. Right. Um, yeah. Listen, I have a, I have a six o'clock, so we have only five minutes. No, that's yeah. perfect. I, I mean, I there was so on. much good stuff in there. Oh my God, Robin, so we could much. talk to you for three hours. And so, you know, everybody knows I'm obsessed with Robin. You know, you, you, couples therapy, individual therapy, mindful eating therapy. That's what brought me there. I always say, if you have food issues, you should call Robin. You are going to be taking on new clients in January, right? Right. That's right. 
Book her. You will, you will be booked, Robin. Robin is the best. She is normally located in Tacoma Park, Maryland. Um, do you see? Do you prefer to see people now in person, or you'll take on new clients over Zoom? What do you? I'm I'm only in the office two days a week because people have just decided to stay on Zoom. People prefer it. Yeah. So I I like it too, and it works fine. Um, but some people like to be in the office, so two days a week I'm in the office. Okay, and the website is robinmize.com. M I Z E. Dot com so people can get in touch with you. Robin, love you. This was so good. Thanks for having so me, you guys. It's so, so great to be with you both. And it's, it is therapeutic. I feel oh like God. it is. So it good. is. It really is. Save one of those slots for me when you uh, take on new clients. I get, I get the first one. <laughs> Robin's the greatest. The greatest. All right, Robin, love you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you Bye. Bye.